Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, October 25th. Obviously, happy Friday to all of the listeners. We have made it through another fantastic week of tennis, and we should have a really, really competitive, really intriguing, really fun set of action for us this weekend. You look across the spectrum, three big events to watch for tennis fans, the two ATP 500s in Basel, in Vienna. Those obviously still have ATP finals implications. Some Americans still in play as well. Some young players, a mix obviously of your favorites, Roger Federer, Dominic Team, both in their home tournaments as the number one seed. So on the ATP side, we have it all. Obviously with the WTA, the event in Zhuhai for us here in America, particularly on the East Coast, the time difference makes it tough to watch, but some really, really fun matches throughout the week there. And as I mentioned, another really fun set of semifinals in that tournament to watch as well. So really, really good action to recap. I want to set the scene for you listeners, let you know what you should be watching as you are tuning into your tennis this weekend. Just going to be me steering the ship. By the way, Rothman, Kale, I heard your podcast yesterday. Rothman, I know you never listened to mine, but I was listening and yeah, it's just going to be me steering the ship. It's a light Friday. We'll keep today's podcast easy, just more set the scene than do deep analysis, which we'll save for Sunday to Monday. Oh, I should say Sunday nights for Monday's mini break podcast as well. For the listeners out there, uh, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, each of these past two weeks, we've done a great shot podcast with our best of the decade series, uh, talking about the best things from the 2010s. We've done two ATP episodes our first two weeks, have a really fun WT episode planned this weekend with uh, Matt Zemek that should go out next week. And then it's also college tennis time for you listeners. If you haven't gotten the chance, go check out our interviews. Uh, I'm trying to think which ones we've even released at this point. I know we've got Estela Perez, Soma Rebo release. I know Keegan. Smith has been released. Brandon Nakashima, whether he's going to go back to college or not, uh, that's up in the air, but we just had a chance to sit down with him. We've gotten to talk to Ashley Leahy, ITA women's singles champion. I talked to the Yale doubles champions, uh, Jesse Gong and Sam Martinelli. I think it was last night. That'll be out next week as well. We've also got Paul Jubb in the queue. So for you college tennis fans, be on the lookout for those things. But as I mentioned, we'll keep today. That That's enough plugging for now. Uh, we'll keep today on the shorter side. I want to set the scene for you listeners. So let's get into the action. And the place I want to start, let's start with the Elite Trophy, the WTA event in Zhuhai. I affectionately branded it, you know, the World Tour Finals Lite, the JV version. It's all those players who were on the precipice who couldn't qualify for that event. Really cool to get to see them do another round-robin type event here with uh, four groups of three, the winners of each group, emerging to the semifinals. And we finally have that set. Uh, you look at the action on Thursday. Kiki Bertens knocked out Diana Yastrzemska, 6-4-6-3. Karolina Mukova over Ali Risk, 2-6-6-2-7-5. Madison Keys 3-4 over Petra Marcic. Uh, that clinched spots for Kiki Bertens into the semifinal. And it left a lot of action up today. There were still a couple matches to 
to play. Petra Martic knocked out uh, Zhang this morning, 6-4, 6-3. Sabalenka knocks off Mertens to clinch her spot in the, in the semifinals, 6-4, 3-6, 7-5. Sabalenka, who has come out of strong really late, won a title down the home stretch, uh, needed some points because she had a rough you know middle two-thirds of the season outside of the beginning where she started strong with the title and the end where she's obviously finished strong. But that's good. It, it builds up the momentum for her. It gives her something to build on going into the 2020 season. And again, for such a young, talented player, uh, you see now for Sabalenka, she's going to sit in the live rankings heading into the year at about number 14, which isn't top 10, which is what she cracked earlier in the year. But that's pretty good. That'll definitely play. And, you know, she's still got a chance this weekend uh, to do a little bit more as well into the semifinals. Uh, our other match, Carolina Mukova, clinches her spot in the semifinals with a 6-4-4-6-6-3 win over Sophia Cannon, you know, two more young players along with Sabalenka to monitor moving forward because we've got a really fun set of semifinals. Kiki Bertens is going to play Sai Zhang, the number 12 seed, uh, in our first semifinal, and then Karolina Mukova is going to take on number four seed Arnia Sabalenka. So, uh, you know, in Sabalenka and Bertens, you get two of the top 14 players in the world. In Mukova, you get one of the young talents who's really come on strong of late. With this result, she's up to a new career high of number 21. Funny, Diana Yastrzemska, who did not make the semifinals, but the young 19-year-old up to a new career high of 22. Again, we see this changing of the guard, both the WTA and the ATP. These young players are talented, they're hungry, and they're coming. And I mean, Mukova, Yastrzemska, I mean, Sophia Kennan, who at 20 years old is up to number 13 in the world, they're coming on strong. And it, it's really impressive. That, of course, doesn't even add Osaka, Andrescu, Bardi, and Bencic, all 23 or under, all in the World Tour Finals next week. So really cool event in Zhuhai. I, I think the state of the WTA game right now is very, very strong. So many talented players in the pipelines. It's going to be a really fun 2020 to see who makes the jumps. Can these top four young players hold the form they showed this season? Are they going to regress? Are they going to progress? Take another step, maybe become that much more elite and it's going to be a it's it's something to monitor this offseason for sure picking favorites who you think can jump who may fall back what was real what wasn't this season that's something I promise we'll talk about a lot as we move forward but with that in mind let's flip gears now let's go to the ATP side let's start in Basel because that's the first tab I have open on my computer and we'll start with the Basel of course in Basel Switzerland that of being Roger Federer, Stan Wawrinka's home events. The people, the crowd are coming to see. And Stan Wawrinka put on a show today, a 6-3-3-6-7-5 winner over Francis Tiafo. Now for Francis, who, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, has had a really up-and-down year. I think he made his first quarterfinal last week since Miami uh, when he made the quarterfinals in Antwerp, losing to Yannick Sinner in a 6-4-3-6-6-3-3 set match. But you know, for him now, I think he got a couple of he got a win here and a loss, so he'll advance to twenty one and twenty four on the year. I mean, you look at him in the live ATP race in terms of where he'll probably be ranked by the end of the season. He's sitting at number forty six right now, so he's probably going to hold on to that top fifty spot. But I've mentioned it before for him, uh, it's about finding confidence going into twenty twenty because that Australian Open quarterfinal, that Miami uh, Masters one thousand quarterfinal, those points results staring him in the face. And I thought he played really well today against Stan. Again, Stan winner, a 6-3, 3-6, 7-5 winner over Tiafo. I mean, 
Look, Francis did as much as he could to attack. Stan did a really good job attacking the Francis forehand with his serve and obviously setting up a plus one ball for himself, get Tiafa moving. But Tiafa played as much offense as he could when Tiafa's moving forward because he has such gifted hands and he's so able. Improvisation is where he's at his best. And when you get to the net, when you start taking time away, playing riskier shots, that's when the best form of Francis Tiafa shows. So it was great to see him move forward still. It's that forehand return. I'm just nervous about it because that's what players attack. And sometimes he does, you know, not more often than not, but too often that forehand return comes up short. And when you're playing a guy like Stan Wawrinka, who's going to attack that ball, I mean, that's what he did. And that's why he was able to have success. But a really good match from Francis. Great win for Stan, who unfortunately is going to pull out. We almost got a quarterfinal between him and Roger, but Stan's going to withdraw. I mean, physically, Stan made a final last week to make a quarterfinal here. You don't want to play Roger in front of your home for crowd unless you've got those fresh legs if you're Stan Wawrinka at this point and so as disappointed as we are as fans uh, Stan pulling out there but a reason to be excited as a fan of American tennis I mean Riley Opelka who we've talked about at length at on Crack Rackets podcast so I'm not going to go into too much right now but gets another great win in this tournament uh, knocking off David Goffin 6-7-7-6-7-5 Opelka fights off the two break points he faces in the match and is able to successfully break Gofan on his one break point chance. He makes 63% of his serves, wins 84% of those points, 60% of his second serve points, 29 aces against eight double faults. I mean, Riley Opelka now over his last seven uh, indoor hardcore results, Knoxville challenger title, Charlottesville challenger title, uh, I believe Dallas semifinals where he lost to Mackey, New York Open title, uh, I believe. Then he went to Stockholm. I'm, I'm missing one in that bench. New York Open title, Dallas. He goes to Stockholm, loses first round. But, oh, oh, and then Tokyo, he makes the semifinal, loses to Millman. Now here he makes this, uh, I think, the quarterfinals, and he's going to play, I want to say, a top seed here. I think he's going to play Roberto Bautista, who you know is fighting for his ATP Tour finals life, but so is Goffin. An indoor hardcourt, good luck breaking Riley Opelka's serve. I mean, I'm definitely going to tweet this out later, but you can take the kid out of the Midwest, but you just can't take the Midwest out of the kid. I mean, how are you going to break Riley indoors when he sees that ball purely on the toss, when he's just going to hit bombs all day? There's no wind to screw with him. Everything he does can be clean. Good luck. And I mean, this is a testament to his upside. This is why so many of us have said, and this dates back to when Ben Rothenberg talked about it with me on a GSP I want to say at the end of last season, we agreed. Opelka is the American with the highest upside simply because the things he can do physically, no one else can. And it's just like this guy's got skills too on top of all that. So really impressive to see a great result for him here. If he can knock off Bautista Gut as well, make another semifinal. I mean, he's looking at ending the year as the number two ranked American. He should be around the top 30 uh, with this result here. I mean, that's a really, really, really good first full healthy ATP season for Riley Opelka. So great for him. I mean, for Gofan now, he's on pins and needles. He needs a really big result in Paris if he wants to make this year's ATP finals, but that's something to watch. He gets helped out by the fact that Fabio Fognini loses to Krajinovic 2-4. As I mentioned, Bautista Agut, the number four seed, escapes with a 6-2-4-6-6-3 win over Gasquet to keep himself alive for the World Tour finals. And of course, number three seed, Stefano Tsitsipas is gonna, uh, takes out Ricardo Sprank is six seven six two six four. So you look at the draw in Basel. I mentioned Federer getting straight to the semifinals. He'll play the winner of Tsitsipas Krajinovic. Who wouldn't want to see 
another Federer Tsitsipas match. So that's something to monitor moving forward. And then Opelka Bautista Gut's going to be great. And that could be a really fun semifinal as well because the winner of that's going to get the winner of Struff and Dimenauer. Struff, a guy we circled as our, one of our players to watch post US Open. He obviously uh, hasn't had huge results, but can make a semifinal here and indoors again. Good luck breaking his serve. But if anyone's going to do it, it's Alex Dimenauer, who. I feel like he could track down every single ball in an indoor hardcore match because he's that quick. I mean, it's it's going to be really physical, really fun tennis. I'd also love an Opelka-Dimenauer-Atlanta rematch, right? Because Dimenauer took it to Opelka there, and it would be nice to see Opelka get another shot, particularly indoors. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Uh, with that in mind, let's move on now to our other ATP event on the week. Again, we've got two 500s going on. This one in Vienna, Austria, where a little more straightforward than in um, Geneva, excuse me. Dominic Team, the number one seed, who again already clinched his spot in the ATP Tour Finals, but who doesn't want to win a title when you're at home? He knocks out Fernando Verdasco, getting the first win over Verdasco, I believe, in his career. 3-6-6-3-6-2, so to beat the lefty, again, it speaks to the confidence team is playing with right now. Gael Monfils, a guy still somewhat in contention for the year-end finals, needs a really successful run of results here down the stretch, but he ends the run of the Sin Man, Yannick Sinner, 6-3-7-6. I mean, we'll talk about center in a little bit. Actually, hold that center thought for a second. Let's go through these other results. Diego Schwartzman, the number five seed, still alive as well. Six seven six four seven six over Sam Query. Great match there. Bedene over Simone in three. Carino Busta carries over that success over Shapovalov, knocking off Kukushkin in three. And then Andre Rublev, who has been hot as of late, comes off a title in Moscow, comes here, gets a three-set win in his first match, and now he knocks off Hyun Chung, one of his next-gen contemporaries, 6-4-6-2. I mean, just the sound coming off of Rublev's racket right now. It's special. So really fun to watch. Hopefully, whatever uh, he can get, you know, from this point is cherry because I believe now you look at him in the live ATP race, he's number 20. I mean, he could end the year top 20 after missing part of the season with injury. That speaks to how good he's been these last three months, and it's a credit to him and his team for, uh, you know, weathering down despite all the adversity. But uh, you look at the draws moving forward this weekend. Uh, we're going to have Team uh, versus Carino Busta, Berrettini versus Rubla. That's going to be a blast, and that's got World Tour implications, obviously, with Berrettini. Uh, Bedene, Monfils, Schwartzman, Hachinov, uh, that's a fun one as well. Again, a lot of implications World Tour-wise uh, in terms of rankings. You know Shapovalov, or Shapovalov, excuse me, in terms of rankings-wise. Hachinov, also another guy with a ton of points to defend. So something to monitor down the stretch in Vienna. But I mentioned Giannik Sinner. I asked you to hold that thought because the last thing I wanted to bring up, the storylines, results, and controversies, right? Well, one of the storylines we have for a result in the future our next-gen field in Milan, finally set. Uh, you look at it now, seven guys plus the Italian wildcard all locked in, and it is going to be a really fun field. We've got Denis Shapovalov, Alex Dimenauer, Francis Tiafo, Kasper Ruud, Miomir Kesmenovic, Ugo Umbert, and Mikhail Yimmer all have done multiple different things You know, for Ugo Umbert. I think it was Wimbledon fourth round. Kesmenovic, we've seen him come live on the hard courts as of late. Kasper Ruud, solid throughout. I don't need to tell you about Tiafo, Dimenauer, Shapovalov, Mikhail Kyle Yimmer's had a very, very good year on the challenger circuit. 
uh, the young explosive Swedish player just seems to be becoming more and more solid. And with what he can do physically, it's just it's going to be a guy with tremendous upside. And then our last player, the Italian wild card, the first time the Italian wild card might have a chance to actually do something in this tournament. Yannick Sinner, the Sin Man. So, I mean, Shapovalov, Dimenauer, Tiafo, Sin Man, Yimmer, Umbert, Kasmenovic, Rude. That's a stacked field, and that'll be an event we cover more in the future, but I'm really looking forward to another iteration. The first two haven't disappointed, and we've seen what Chung went on to do with his title, what Tsitsipas went on to do with his title this season. So, you know, whoever wins this year has a lot of uh, street cred to defend uh, because you're the Milan next-gen champion, and it's expected that you take a jump after that. So that is something we will talk about more in the future. But with that in mind, got to give a shout. Uh, With that in mind, I should say, if you've missed anything from this week, if you need to catch up on any of the action, be sure to check out our website, CrackedRackets.com, where you can find this podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, Cracked interviews podcast to check up on all of your things keep up with your tennis needs find out what's going on in the tennis world uh as i mentioned please like rate subscribe review these uh podcasts you know a little five-star rating it really doesn't take that long i swear we've talked about the things in a 15 second i guarantee you a riley opelka service game takes long uh takes a less amount of time than it takes you to go onto your phone click click five-star rating so come on we can do that if opelka can make you know two semifinals, three challenger titles, and a first-round loss in his last seven events, whatever, uh, we, we can do better. You know, we, we can get to 100 ratings on iTunes. But with that in mind, got to give a shout-out to the super producers, Max Fleetner and Daniel Westhoff, who, as always, have a f***ing editing job to do, and those boys, you guys know how much you're worth to us, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But with that in mind, for my super producers, Max Fleetner and Daniel Westhoff, and for our entire team at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Kruskin. You know what we say, that's the break, and we'll see you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you.